0: All right, welcome to another episode of Tactical Tuesday. Last week we hit on four bet pots, blind versus blind, and today we're gonna dive into some four bet pots from early position. So a little bit of dynamic change from a loose formation to a tighter formation. And as always, I'm joined on Tactical Tuesday by my co-host, Mr. John Chai. How you doing, sir? I'm pretty good. Pretty excited for four bet pots. They're always exciting. They're always big. <laughs> Yeah, they, that's the nature of the four bet pots. The only way to get bigger is to look at five bet pots, right? That's
1: <laughs> next week, next week.
0: <laughs> It'd be a very short, Tactical Tuesday. So I had an ace king and I faced a four bet. So I jammed. All right. Good, good show, everybody. Ho- hope you enjoyed and see you next week. Uh, so without any further ado, let's kind of dive into this first hand where sitting here, looks like you have what is a good hand. You've got the green. Ace-king, so ace-king of clubs. You open a 2.5x, the cutoff folds, the button folds, small blind folds. So we're going on a limb. I'm going to go out on a limb and, and say that the big blind is probably going to 3-bet. Good guess. And they 3-bet to 6 big blinds from 2.5, which means stuff.
1: Yeah, so um, I actually just looked at the HUD sets that I had available on this player. Uh, before recording this episode, and this was his fourth hand. He was 0, zero, zero. So um, it looks like he had at least called once um, to get to like a $1,100, or maybe he sat down with, with that amount or something like that. Um, but he hasn't played any hands, so don't really have much of a read as to whether he is a fish or a reg. Um, but then once he uses this 3-bet sizing from out of position, I think we can uh, pretty confidently say that this player is much more likely to be on the the weaker end of the spectrum, Um, would expect a much larger three bet from, you know, most of the strong regs that I play against. So I think we can read into this size quite a bit.
0: Yep. I agree completely. And yeah, six big blinds from out of position. Generally, what's expected is going to be 11 to 12 big blinds. Uh, So yeah, very small um, three bet. And don't really know what to make of it as far as like ranging goes, but profiling, I would say villain is, is likely a fish. Uh, Ranging just could be across the board. Um, You know, it could be aces. Uh, I've seen crazier things. So open to anything. I think in general, the smaller three bet size um, is a little bit weaker, but again, it could just be, this is their three bet size and they don't want you to fold with their premium hands. And so they use this as well. But you yourself have a premium hand and a hand that is definitely uh, worthy of placing another bet. And if I were to be a betting man, I would say that you're going to four bet to something uh, in between one. Uh, how, how small do I, how narrow do I want to make the range? Like I want to say like 180 to 210, but I feel like that's too wide. So I'm just going to say 200 exactly. That's, that'll be my, Try to go on the nose, but 180 and 210, maybe 220. Let's see. Oh, 180, the I'm bottom going. end. Bottom end. I think you missed a couple big blinds in value there. Um. <laughs> I was
1: worried he had aces. So you know, when I <laughs> went to four that fold, I want to make sure that I save those two two big blinds. So you make it
0: 180. Uh, you started the hand with 100 big blinds. So you, you raised to 18 big blinds and they call, which is good for you. I think uh, mm-hmm. facing a five bet, probably not so good for you, but when they flat, now it's pretty good. Um, again, don't really know what their range is going to be here. Uh, could be something, could be ace-king off, could be ace-queen off, um, something like nines plus, um, king-queen suited, suited broadways, those types of hands. That would be my general kind of thought here. But again, I'm kind of open for anything. They could have ace-deuce off. Right? they just seen crazier things. So. They call, and let's hope they don't have the ace-deuce off because the flop is jack-jack-deuce with the deuce of clubs. So villain checks, and now we're at you know decision point number one in this four-bet pot. There's 365 in the pot, uh, deci- post-flop decision point number one, I should say. 365 in the pot, you've got 820 behind. So yeah, give it to me.
1: Uh, I think there are a lot of different ways, <clears throat> or maybe not a lot, but at least a couple different ways to go. Um, I could go here. I think just standard strategy that I would have versus most regs would just be to start out with a small range deep bet. Um, you know, with my full four bet range. Um, given that we know that this player is a fish, uh, I think I decided to um, kind of adjust my post flop strategy for that. And by that, I think what um, kind of the hands that I thought that I I wouldn't be able to target versus a fish that I might be able to target versus a reg or maybe some hand like two overs type hands like. King queen with a back door like might just start folding here from a fish's perspective or like you know 5 6 of clubs or something like that um and so i was a little worried that versus a fish that might not have a um you know the same type of like continuing range that a a, a rag has here, um i'd just be isolating myself for, to versus like their ace deuces at worst and then you know all the pocket pairs that they have pocket threes through you know maybe queens make sense for them um yeah. And so, yeah, I decided to go the other option of the, the other way and just check back Ace-King, use it as a bluff catcher, hopefully be able to pick off, maybe if they do have Ace-Deuce, maybe pick off bluffs from like hands like Ace-3 through Ace-5 suited, Ace-Queen at the sides of the bluff. Maybe they do have some King-Queen that doesn't call a flop C-bet, but starts bluffing on on turns and rivers once uh, once they see me check back. Um, yeah,
0: I, I think that's reasonable. I think checking, checking back is reasonable, especially um, when I as it relates to kind of the range that I suspect villain might have here, where they have, you know, the, like maybe offsuit Broadway's King, Queen off, ace, ace, queen off, uh, and then some pocket pairs as well as like suited broadways. I don't think the pocket pairs are ever folding. King queen off is probably going to fold to a quarter. You could kind of structure your, your sizing scheme to be a little smaller and go like, you know, 15% instead of 25% just to make sure that they have those kind of uh, pair draws in their range. Um, That would be the alternative path. And I wouldn't hate that path uh, and I wouldn't, I I don't hate checking either. Um, But I I do agree with you that the standard sizing scheme, the standard path um, in this exact situation just feels a little off to me.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I check back turn something good seven of clubs
0: yeah that's a good turn now you got
1: definitely call a bet now
0: yeah at least call one bet for sure (laughs) let's just hope they don't bet pot or something gigantic that would be the the saddest part they check so i mean now that you're on this path i don't really see much else you can do other than check behind with ace king high here again kind of same thought as on the flop i don't know what betting the turn accomplishes other than folding out hands that you're already beating and getting called by the pocket pairs that you're not beating so not really not really any other direction to go here in my opinion other than just checking behind
1: that's
0: what i do and you make Uh a flush kind of a bittersweet flush right it's like well you know, you, you make a flush, but versus double check, and if villain checks again, you're like, "Oh God, I, I didn't need the flush. This is just like way, way too much." Uh, no, villain checks the river. I
1: throw my hands up in there and I say, "Now, what size do I go?" Yeah, right, right, right.
0: <laughs> um, maybe they don't check though. Maybe now they bet pot, right? Like on the third. Tur- he helps me out. Come very, on. Very sad uh, if they bet pot now. Very happy. <laughs> the pot. The pot cometh. They bet pot. Very, very, very happy day, and just yeah, hoping for who knows, king, uh, queen, queen, ten of clubs, maybe. Uh, I don't know. Um, but you obviously stick it in. There's no other alternative there. Villain bet three sixty two And what says is three sixty five, but I suspect that three dollars was taken out uh, due to rake. You jam they call, which is quite nice unless they have quads and they don't have quads. They just have a jack, So they flop trips and
1: almost trapped me. Almost
0: that's how me. the cookie crumbles. Um, and I, I think like, it's really just kind of important here before we, we go to the break and, and move on to the next hand that, you know, you, you check both the flop and the turn and things could have ended disastrously had you chosen any, path other than checking twice. Um, Almost certainly you you would have gotten check raised and not gotten a chance to realize your equity and kind of realize this just incredible run out. And so, yeah, just like very, very well played hand. And for the listener out there, I, I think it is very easy here to like place a bet either on the flop or the turn. Get check raised and underrealize your equity, and just not stack villain in the spot where, you know, if you just check back, you you could have got it done. Yeah,
1: yeah. It's really. I think it's really. Um, it it hits harder when you like kind of see the situation where you actually get to stack someone. Like it's. I think you know in my mind, if you describe the situation, I'd be yeah. Hey, you know how how high frequency is it that like you know I actually like cooler this guy with some sort of special run out by the river, but. Despite the fact that it, it is admittedly low frequency, it's just worth so much money, so many big blinds when it does happen that like it's it's still worth um, kind of going for and thinking about making sure that you're not kind of denying yourself of realizing this equity by stabbing the flop or the turn.
0: Yeah, I agree completely. And you know, even even if it's uh, you know sub ten percent chance of getting the miracle run out over the course of a million hands in your career those stacks start adding up. Those stacks start being contributors to win rate and make a difference in your BBs per hundred. And that's just, that's why it's so important to get the small details right so that you can just take advantage of these opportunities when they kind of just, you know, fall into your lap, like, like this one did. Yep. So that'll do it for this first hand. going to head to the break, stick around more tactical Tuesday coming at you
2: the cpg wolves
1: i'm more organized i'm more productive i eat better i sleep better i exercise consistently because i just live a more structured life due to this program having this much poker brain power in one place is a recipe for great things my favorite aspect of being a wolf is the of community. Having that network to bounce ideas off and learn from each other. Poker is a brutal game. <laughs> so, yeah, if you're committed to poker, joining CPG Wolves will be the best decision that you can make.
2: The data doesn't lie. We know things that other people don't know. I like it that way. I hate that you're advertising. I hope nobody else ever joins. <laughs> so, yeah, I like it. Go to wolftryouts.com to apply. The decision to enter a hand is fundamental to poker strategy. Too tight, and they know what you have. Too loose, and you're easy to run over. Preflop Bootcamp from Chasing Poker Greatness is a comprehensive guide to locking down your preflop game and creating true range advantage 8 days of guided training over 60 optimal ranges and access to a dedicated community of players that will push your preflop game from a place of weakness to your greatest strength go to chasingpokergreatness.com/bootcamp available now all right
0: welcome back from the break to this early position four bet pot themed episode. Looks like John's going to get a little friskier in this one than the last one where he had ace king clubs. This one he's got an ace of diamonds, four diamonds. So not one of the premium hands that you see in four bet pots or well, yeah, not, not not a premium hand in a four bet pot anyway. It's on the the lower end of the equity spectrum. So starting the action, John opens to 2.5 bigs from the hijack the button, three bets, the blinds fold, John, four bets. So, you know, your four bet size here is to 24 big blinds. That's a little on the big side, honestly.
1: Yeah, this is probably like the largest, um, like four bet size that I would go from out of position. I think this is like, this is kind of, this is, if we go back to last week's episode, this is sort of the mistake that I was, um, Alluding to that, I see a lot in the blind versus blind. Where, like, I see this size show up from the small blind. Where, um, you know, last week, if you if you watch the episode, you can hear us talk about like why we think the small blind four bet size should be significantly smaller than this. Um, I don't know, close to three x from out of position though is has been my four bet size from anywhere else from the uh, anywhere else other than blind versus blind.
0: All right, so twenty four bigs, villain calls, and the game is afoot. Flop is 10-4 tray. Pretty, all things considered, pretty good flop for you. Um, 10-4 yeah. tray with a tray of diamonds. So second pair with a backdoor flush draw. There's 495 in the pot. You've got 844 behind. Um, I think, again, this is a situation where you could go a number of different ways. Probably, since it's against a reg, you're going to start with a quarter. That would be my suspicion, but wouldn't hate checking as well.
1: Yeah, actually, so... Um... I'm glad that you brought that up because I actually did check here, and I think it's a little. Ugh, this hand was played a little while ago, so I can't exactly remember what my thought process was and my 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 logic for checking here. Um, you know, if I kind of looked at myself and and uh, looked at myself play four bet pots and looked at the pull up this hand, I think I would, like you said, I would be um very surprised to see myself do anything other than bet quarter pot. If I try to think about like how my range, my four bet range, interacts with this um board texture, though, like kind of one of the things that I'm seeing is that like. The hands that I'm um, kind of sort of excited about c betting uh, or or value betting in this spot are probably hands like aces, kings, queens, um, maybe jacks, maybe a hand like king ten suited. Um, that's about you know one like twenty seven ish combos. If I think about like the other parts of my four bet range, the sixteen combos of ace king, the twelve combos of ace queen off suit, and then Sort of like ace four suited, ace five suited, king jack suited, maybe those types of fans Maybe some ace jack suited. Like that's more not, than half of my range just doesn't interact like with this. That's with this true. Style. Yeah.
0: Let's not get crazy, though. I think you would be excited to bet Ace-5 suited. I think that's that's one that... Yeah, yeah, okay,
1: okay, yeah, sorry. <laughs> but the Ace-King right,
0: ace right. off, definitely not very excited to bet ace yeah. queen off, or, or yeah. Ace-Queen ace off. But Ace-5 suited with a gut shot, like gut shot wheel, um, most likely going to have a backdoor flush draw. I, I feel like you'd be... Sure, sure. Maybe yeah.
1: Maybe through, it will, through went, the a roof. Little, went a little too far with Ace-5. Uh,
0: yeah, yeah. Just, just dial, dial it back some. <clears>
1: right. Yeah, so anyways, if, if I had to guess, if, if I had to sort of... Um, yeah, guess as to like what my thought process was here, I think that's, that's probably what I was thinking. And the
0: SBR is such in four-bet pots too, where like, you know, you've got 85 big blinds behind 850, there's 500 in the pot. You can get it in with two bets, regardless of, you know, what hand you have. So, you know, it's, it's, it can be difficult for a villain to discern, um, kind of your intentions, whether you better check the flop because, Aces can check the flop too, and I think you should be excited to check aces on the flop. Honestly, mm-hmm. I, I, that that's a hand like you mentioned that you'd be excited to bet, but you could also be excited to check it on the on the same sure, the sure. same token for different reasons, right? Because oh, now I have like natural chat traps in my my checking range, and I can still get the money in downstream. Um, so yeah, like I, I I think you could do some trapping here. By checking out of positions, well, I mean, you, you kind of have to, right? You can't just check only your ace cards right, and your ace right, Um right. But yeah, so you check and villain bets. What is this? Twin fifteen percent. Yep, the fifteen percenter. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of annoying size to face for you, honestly, because just makes me feel like. You're in a. You, it's a very tricky size to face because villains can do this and realize just massive amounts of equity by placing this very 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 small bet in a spot where their prob their expectation is not to get check raised at a high frequency.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I really like the size. I think this puts my entire four bet range in in a
0: in know right. I mean, obviously,
1: like my over pairs and stuff like that are are you know are very happy to continue, but even my like. Unimproved two overs, right? Those types of fans are like, oh man, can I really fold like King Jack? No backdoor here, or am I just getting like too good of a price? And I think like any size that that starts putting that thought into, into my head, um, I think is 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 a good size.
0: I, I would actually say that your overpairs probably don't love facing the size either, because mm. then you have like a weird conundrum where, okay, so like you're, you you can check like Ace King Ace Queen, but those hands just don't check raise at much mm. high of a clip. So like. What hand do you have that like what low equity do, hand do you have that that check raises the flop? So like villain gets to play like really well against versus check raises because like ace king doesn't really have much incentive and ace queen doesn't have much incentive to check raise. Um a hand that you said like you know you, you would happily check uh king jack suited. I think that's another hand that like due to its um you know three straight and likely backdoor flush draw that's a hand that like you could very easily bet and, and like king jack suited king queen suited those would be the hands that like benefit most from check raising where, okay, like they, they don't really have a ton of showdown value, but like you can chunk them into your check raise range. Um, yeah, I, I think this size actually makes like puts a lot of annoying pressure on your overpairs to construct a strategy accordingly, um, which, you know, the, the strat would probably just be to call the flop. And if hope the turn checks through and hope they don't bet like 10 or 15% again on the turn, because that, that, that would be. Quite annoying to face because then you, you you have another conundrum of like, oh, I want to play for all the money with my overpayers, but like they could just go like bet bet check with uh you know pocket pairs, like nines through sevens or 10x. So yeah, like there villain has options here after placing this 15% size bet that makes it really annoying for you to continue. And yeah, kudos to Villain for for finding this size. I, I think this is a really great size for this
2: situation.
1: Yeah. <clears throat> and I think my response with my overpayers uh would be to just not have a raising range here. I think I just, it would, I would really, really struggle to construct a, a raising strategy here. I mean, like even those like King Queens and King Jacks, like you said, like one of the things that I have to say to myself before check raising King Queen of spades or King Queen of clubs is like, I'm just going to forego this incredible price that I'm getting on the flop to realize my equity and like risk putting that at risk or sorry, risk putting that, you know, up in the air and and risk getting jammed on. Um, And yeah, that's like, that's, that's a pretty tough Tough thing to do when you could just call 15% pot and you know realize your equity yep. for, for extremely cheap. So yeah, I think there's a lot of a lot of good things going on with, with this size. Nice. Um, so you call the
0: 73. There's 642 in the pot. So SPR is now around one. Turn is the eight of clubs, which doesn't really change all that much unless it gives Villain a set of eight. You check, and villain once again. Chooses a very small size, about twenty percent here. So villain is in lockstep with the thing that you don't want to face, which yeah is sucky, sucky, sucky. Although with my exact
1: hand, I'm 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 okay. I'm kind of okay. Sure. <laughs> yeah,
0: but with your exact hand, you're okay. With your range, yeah. <laughs> your range is like in a really annoying spot, which yep. is ultimately the thing that matters over the long run. But in this exact um. And in this exact situation in the multiverse, you're you're feeling okay with with your hand. And again, you don't really have much of a choice other than a call. Hmm. Oh. Wow, look at look at man. Good good thing that you're on the right <laughs> timeline in the multiverse. Uh the River is the four of hearts. So congratulations. Now you effectively have aces. So now you're you're in the spot, the annoying spot um that aces would have found itself in had you had aces. Um, so I guess, yeah, like let's, let's talk about this situation. Um, villain going small, small, um, could very well be betting hands with the intention of checking behind, um, could very well be setting up kind of a three straight, uh, three street game with maybe like some kind of queen Jack or some sort of like backdoor clubs potentially, or just uh, total air ball, um, kind of targeting, like trying to keep like ace, king, ace, queen in there so they can fold out ace, ace, king, ace, queen on by the river, which honestly would probably be your most likely hand. Um, and then their value region, because ace, king, and ace, queen is your most likely hand is probably going to be something like, uh, king, 10 plus king, 10, uh, ace, ace 10 plus um, so Jacks, I think value jams. Queens, I think value jams. If they don't jam uh, Queens pre and King ten, if if they have King ten in their pre flop range, but Ace ten suited, um, just most likely going to be a, a slam dunk, slam dunk jam. I, I think.
1: Yeah, I agree. They're also going to have Aces. I think that's like a, another hand that I wouldn't be yeah. surprised to see. And,
0: and the region that I think like goes bet bad, bad check is quite small at this point too, compared to that the other region where they have like Nines and potentially Sevens, maybe or mm-hmm. Eight nine suited. Perhaps where they like turn an eight and try to check it behind. So, I think that like you, you, the path here, the the plan is just to check the river and hope that. Hope that they either have a hand, they're value betting. That's not a boat, or that they have a bluff and stick it in.
1: Yep. Hope you have a really good hand or a really bad hand.
0: Yeah, but not too good. Not too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> not the that nuts good, but yeah, you know, almost the nuts. So villain does jam and going would be a pretty trivial call here with your yeah. trips. Uh, but would have liked to seen what happens if the river's just, you know, a deuce ball or something like that. I think that would, would have been a much more difficult spot as it is. You ginned it and villain has the King Jack of diamonds. So they did have, um, you know, the, the overcard portion of the range where they had a three straight with a backdoor flush draw and yeah, just tried their darndest target ace king ace queen and didn't work out for him here because somehow magically you ended up with trips on the river
1: yeah would be a would be an interesting spot to think about maybe using like a uh an equity calculator to see like how i should play on like a deuce river is a four gonna be good enough to bluff catch versus a range that you know if this guy shows up with king jack of diamonds i'd imagine that calling with just a pair of fours on the river is relatively trivial if he has king, jack of diamonds, king, queen, queen, maybe queen jack. All of those, um,
0: yeah, maybe. If they have all yeah. of them, we but we'll we'll never know. We we yeah. we didn't find that timeline in the multiverse, so that's have to be listening and watching Tactical Tuesday in one of one of those other alternate realities in order to to see what would what would have happened
1: um, had you not. Matrix. I, for one, can say that I am glad that we I was on this timeline and not the <laughs> Deuce of Hearts timeline. <laughs> this was the easy mode. This
0: was the the easy mode timeline. Um, don't worry, I'm sure you'll find yourself in the the difficult timelines um, just as often as you find yourself in in, in the easy versions. So for sure. Good stuff this week. Great theme the last couple of weeks. Loose formations, four bet pots, and then tighter formation, four bet pots. Can't wait to see what you cook up next week. And that's all I got for you. Well, See you next week. See you next week. Peace.
2: Thanks for listening to Chasing Poker Greatness. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts or on your favorite podcast app. Go to ChasingPokerGreatness.com to get the newsletter. Join the Greatness Village community, book a coaching session, or dive into the latest data-driven poker courses. Follow the show on Twitter at CPG Podcast. The CPG Wolves. The people in Wolves are highly intelligent and they're successful. And they're not just successful in poker, they're successful in other realms of life.
1: The coaching in general is very eye-opening. It it doesn't take long for your biases and preconceived notions of how poker is played to be out in the open and under the reality of data. Most of us share the same values and goals, so the support and drive to help each other succeed has just been invaluable. The resources are just endless. Um, I really feel that commitment every single day.
2: I couldn't even beat 50 NL online, and now I'm playing 500 NL.
1: Coach John is just an absolute machine. Coach Brad is pretty much the only person that I would blindly trust to guide me through my poker career.
2: The grass is greener on this side of the fence, and I think you just have a good time, too. Go to Wolftryouts.com to apply. In a world where a fish dog bets the flop, and you don't know what to do, one man, Coach Brad Wilson, has a surefire plan to neutralize flop leads and rip that dunk to shreds. Nuffle available now. Go to chasingpokergreatness.com/nuffle. Rated R. 100 NL player, former sergeant, Elijah Shears. Before I got Nuffle, I had run into a lot of donk bets, And I think once you play a certain amount of hands, you know there's something wrong with our opponent's strategies, but you don't know how to play to maximize CP against it. And it's very frustrating. I looked at the document and I couldn't believe that I paid money for it. I actually (laughs) doubted that it could provide value because it was so brief but since then, it's repaid me just over and over and over again. And it's one of the most consistent money makers built into my strategy. That sheds light on just how bad your opponents are. And it took me 20 minutes to perfect it. And it's just amazing. Yeah. yeah, I'm speechless. It's just that good. The simplicity of it is part of it being a masterpiece. <laughs> Nuffle. Go to chasingbookergreatness.com slash courses.